This is an ABC podcast. Professor Nalini Joshi was elected to the Australian Academy of Science 10 years ago. She's the Georgina Sweet Australian Laureate Fellow in Maths at the University of Sydney. She is, you see, one of the most distinguished scientists in Australia with a worldwide reputation. She appeared last on Occam's Razor paying tribute to the only woman so far to win the Fields Medal for Maths, Mariam Mizakani, who died last year. Nalini Joshi has just returned from the International Congress of Maths in Brazil, and she's speaking here at the Powhouse Museum in Sydney. My father was conscripted into the Burmese army when I was very young. And as a result, I ended up living in the Golden Triangle region of Burma for many years. You may have heard about this region. At the time, it was the largest producer of opium in the world. I remember that I never wanted to go home when darkness fell because I wanted to keep on playing. Burmese counting games, which used to be full of enthralling number patterns. I didn't know at the time that this was mathematics. So like most kids, I loved discovering and playing with patterns. Have you ever seen kids play with Cuisinier rods? Cuisinier rods are rods of different lengths from 1 to 10 centimetres, which are colour-coded with each length having a different color. If you ask kids to gather together enough rods so that you can separate them into three equal parts or four equal parts, and then you ask them to bring together one of the three equal parts and join it with one of the four equal parts and ask them, what length does that combined object have? They'll tell you straight away. They know this is powerful, fun, creative play. Because what they've just done is to take a third, add it to a quarter, and get seven twelfths. But years later, at school, these kids, the same kids and their teachers, will be laboriously going through the rules for adding fractions, getting them wrong at times, and feeling miserable. But what creative play shows you is that mathematics is natural and human. My father's stint in the Burmese army was due to the fact that we belonged to an ethnic minority. Life got harder and harder, and it became clearer and clearer that we were not wanted in Burma. So we left, and we emigrated to Australia. Coming here when I was still a child, and landing just before the White Australia policy ended. I was an avid reader. I remember falling in love with science fiction. And I decided that really my mission in life was to save human beings from extinction, which in my considered opinion was going to be happening very soon, in about five billion years when our sun dies. So I daydreamed about space travel traveling to the stars, to other galaxies, and how time travel might work. Then I came to the conclusion that really I needed to understand mathematics and get to know it better, because there were so many counterintuitive ideas 
and I needed a way to understand and develop the pathway through those counterintuitive ideas. So imagine that you have a tube or a can of tennis balls. Usually they come with three tennis balls in a can. And if I were to ask you, which is longer, the height of the can or the circumference of the can, then probably your lizard-like brain would jump in and say, my God, the height of the can must be longer. Because we're used to thinking about longer, narrower objects as having a longer length. But think about it a little bit more. You have three tennis balls, so the height of the can is the diameter of each ball times three. But if you look at the circumference, then what you have is the diameter of the ball times pi. And if you remember the mnemonic for what the decimal expansion of pi is, I think it goes something like this. Can I have a large container of coffee? The sum of the letters in each word gives you the digit of pi. So you have 3.1415, something like that. <laughs> so because pi is bigger than 3, that means the circumference must be longer than the height of the can. But mathematics allows you to go so much further than just measuring things. Let me give you a different example. Suppose you have tossed 100 fair coins or one fair coin 100 times. And you want to know the probability that 50 heads might have been flipped in that sequence. But you know that the probability that each coin flips to a head is just a half. So you might think to yourself, well, that number, that probability must be vanishingly small. It's less than one in a trillion. Actually, no, it's about 8% that you'll get 50 heads in that collection of flipped coins. And the reason is because 50 occurs ridiculously often when you have a choice of 100 to choose from. This is the power and the beauty of mathematics. Going back to the can of tennis balls, what we had was a universal observation. It doesn't matter whether you have three tennis balls, three basketballs, or three planets inside your tube. It's always the circumference that's longer than the height of that tube. So after we arrived in Australia and I was in high school, I started exploring and trying to understand all of these new ideas that I was coming across in the library. So most of the time I was in the back of the library where they had the graveyard of old magazines, you know, usually the Scientific American magazines is where I was. I loved trying to understand new ideas. So one of those was, for example, why do we only ever see one side of the moon? I worked that out on my parents' dining room floor, I remember, by sitting down with cups and saucers and rotating the cup around the dinner plates. The first time I did independent mathematical solutions was to try and solve the problem of the Towers of Hanoi. The Towers of Hanoi, if you haven't seen it before, is an arrangement of three poles with disks stacked on one pole and they're ordered in size, so the biggest one's at the bottom. And the problem is to work out 
the smallest number of steps it takes to move all the disks from one pole to another pole with two rules. You're only allowed to move one disk at a time, and you can never put a bigger disk on top of a smaller one. So I started with one disk. That's easy, just takes one step. Two disks, well, that takes three, and then you keep on going. There's a warning here, don't try 10 disks, it'll take you more than a thousand steps. But when I worked out the pattern, it was like I was hearing music for the first time in my life. This kind of inquiry builds confidence and power in both children and teachers. It's like letting people play and tinker with the piano to learn about music and how they can bring out the music inside them, rather than insisting that everybody should focus on just reading a textbook and only practicing scales over and over for many years before they can actually attempt music. My old school friends used to tease me, what is there to do in mathematics? Aren't the numbers known already? Well, yes and no. Mathematics starts with counting, so we are naturally led to counting numbers, one, two, three, and so on. Adding and subtracting these natural numbers gives you negative numbers, so you build up the integers. Multiplying and dividing gives you fractions or rational numbers. Then you move on to solving quadratic equations, so you get square roots or solving polynomials in general. That gives you algebraic numbers. But there are still an infinite variety of other types of numbers that you can't construct by applying those operations I just mentioned on these earlier numbers. Numbers like pi, they're called transcendental numbers because you can't construct them in finite terms from these earlier known numbers. So what I do is I study functions that are transcendental like pi. And they also turn out to be universal like pi. I chase the properties of these functions. How do I do that? Well, they're solutions of nonlinear systems. What does it mean to be nonlinear? Well, let me start with the opposite. Take two rulers, put one on top of the other, and ask, what is the combined height? Well, it's the sum of the individual heights of each ruler, right? That's called a linear system. But if you go to the beach and look at the shallow water waves that are moving around in front of you, you'll find that that rule doesn't always apply to colliding water waves. The height of the combined wave when they collide is not necessarily the sum of the individual heights of each wave before the collision. Whether you're looking at water waves in a beach or looking at black holes far away or looking at the viral load in the bloodstream of an HIV-infected patient, it turns out that the universe is nonlinear. What I do is to try and predict and describe the solutions of these nonlinear systems. The trouble is that sometimes this requires infinite precision. It's like looking for the last four digits of pi. The results are powerful because they lead us to understand a ridiculously wide range of phenomena in the universe, like rogue waves in the deep ocean, 
or fundamental particles and how they collide, and even the distribution of aircraft boarding times. So I want to urge you to let the children play with mathematics so that they can become astronauts in the space of counterintuitive ideas so that they will be able to answer questions in the future that we can't even imagine yet. So I want to say to you, mathematics is human. Mathematics enables you to capture and describe counterintuitive ideas. Mathematics, for me, is a treasure hunt. Thank you. And thank you, Nalini Joshi, Professor of Maths at the University of Sydney, speaking at the Powerhouse Museum. And her work has been recognised by the organisers of the Best Australian Science Writing, a book published every year by New South Press. And she's just won a Eureka Prize. And Nalini Joshi will join Natasha Mitchell at the Melbourne Museum this week on September the 6th, talking about hash me too, after harassment in the entertainment industries Women in science are also giving note to their experiences of unwanted attention. The 6th of September, Melbourne Museum. Do attend if you like, but book a ticket first. It's free. Next week, Tanya Ha on Truth and Untruth. She has lots to teach the US President. I'm Robin Williams. <laughs>